All right. So another story I want to tell you about Mike Lindell is that you always see him with a cross on. First time I ever saw him it was in Washington, D.C. at the National Prayer Breakfast, he had a big cross on. He is a Christian, and it's great because he's not afraid of his faith. And one of the other things you can get beyond the 100 products that he has, like the slippers that I've talked about, or the small pillows for your back if you're sitting too much in a chair, is you can get some religious pillows. Now, here's one. This has to do with Noah, Noah and the Ark. And on the back side, they have stories about Noah and the Ark. Now, some people may be offended by that because they think it's politically incorrect to talk about your faith or politically incorrect to call yourself a Christian. I think it's terrific in this day because the world has gone to hell and we all know that. And it's good to know that even if you have grandchildren, you have young children, you want to get their morals and their values in order. You can always and it's not just Noah that Mike Lindell is pushing. He's pushing all the biblical stories on these small pillows for kids. So if you're interested in having your kids introduced to some values and some Christian values and Christian beliefs and the stories in the Bible, go ahead and order any of these biblical pillows for Mike Lindell. Now, how do you get them? You get them by the promo code CDM. That's us. So just put in promo code CDM and you can get a biblical pillow for your grandchildren or your young children. And now let's get to our guests. So today on American Conversations, I'm honored to have Laura Sextro, who is uh, comes out of the corporate world, the high, uh, the high end management of the corporate world, and has decided to take on the uh, defeat the mandates in California, and you started with the Unity Project about six months ago. So, Laura, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for having us. This is such an important conversation. Yeah, it is. Uh, and and so, you guys are. First of all, let's start off with tell us what the uh, Unity Project is. First of all, yeah. let's get started with that. Sure, sure. So um, I'm the CEO of the Unity Project. It's an organization that was formed about six months ago. We knew that in the state of California, there are many organizations across the state in various forms of, of organization and, and uh, uh, tenure within this right. fight in, in the state of California. And we knew that there was a need to tie them all together and this, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to speak in a unified voice, uh, to become a conduit of collaboration and communication. And we launched with uh, over 120 strategic partners in the state of California. It's grown. We now have partners throughout the entire United States, as well as globally. We have partners in Australia and Canada and the UK and uh, Serbia and so on. And I think it's just a representation of how many organizations and how many people um, are, are really standing up and voicing their opposition to what's happening in this country and really around the globe. Although I think mainstream media would have you believe that that's not the case. Well, that's true. I've worked at four networks here in the United States, and I can tell you, I'm ashamed at what these guys are doing right now, because there was a time, even before the days of Oprah, when Phil Donahue, you know, had great debates about vaccine safety. Katie Couric, who started off at ABC News with me, did, did some pieces on that. Mike Wallace, when he was alive at 60 Minutes, he would do pieces. So, I mean, it's it's uh, the world's upside down and people aren't telling the truth. So I think wow. this, this is great what you guys are doing. Do you, are your sponsors, are they, are your partners, are they the corporations or they, they, they're groups like yourself? 
Excellent. Yeah, our strategic partners are uh, other grassroots organizations across the state of California, um, primarily formed from parents groups. Mm -hmm. uh, but we also have an incredible strategic advisory council and board. We've got Dr. Robert Malone as our chief medical and regulatory officer. Dr. Aaron Cariotti is our chief of medical ethics. And Dr. Paul Alexander is our chief scientific officer. But we have Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, and the list goes on. Those are the folks that are mm -hmm. on our advisory council. And the, and the beauty and the power in that is that we have data and science really at our fingertips um, and have our finger on the pulse of what's happening in terms of really from the beginning of this pandemic, what is the data and the science behind this, or I should say lack thereof. And, mm -hmm. you know, your comment about uh, Katie Couric and Phil Donahue and, and, and the others um, that you used to work with, being able to have those conversations. I just want to say, um, I'm, I'm going to look, there's so many bills here. It's AB um, one, three, nine, zero under AB 19, or excuse me, a, under AB 13, excuse me. I apologize. There's somebody here. SB, SB 1390. Um, that would prohibit any person or entity from making a statement that the government deems untrue or misleading. Right. Right. I mean, that, that basically, that basically says, and, and, and that would be, you know, it's for the state of California, but if right. you're, I mean, if your driver's license is California and you move to Nevada, but you haven't changed your driver's license and you post something up on the Internet that doesn't follow their narrative or criticizes the government. I mean, who who is coming up with these bills and what's the conversation in the state capitol when right. somebody says this is a good idea? I, I'm always curious in life about who are the idiots that sit at the same table and say, yeah, let's cover up the raping of kids in the Catholic Church. I mean, I look at this and say, who's sitting at this table now that says, hey, let's take away freedom of speech. Right. And well, think that they're going to get away with it without a fight. Right. Well, first and foremost, this is not people think, OK, this is just a California issue. California is the tip of the sphere. California goes the rest of the, you know, so so as California goes, so does the rest of the country. But these are a total violation of not only the California Constitution, but more importantly, a violation of the federal constitution of the United States. Right. So this impacts every American, whether you're a California citizen or not. And then you ask, who's who's doing this? Um, the primary author of a lot of these bills is Senator Richard Pan. There are other co-authors that um, that are that are doing this. And the conversations, let's face it, these conversations are not happening in an open format. These ha they're they're ha they're happening behind closed doors without the public knowing. Um, I had the, I've been engaged in a few speaking in, in engagements over the last few weeks. And I will tell you that less than 5% of people that I come across, and these are people that are even heavily involved in politics, um, are even aware that these bills exist. The average citizen, unfortunately, does not know that these bills exist and that they're going to be voted on in very short order. And it's by design, right? The, the administration has done a very good job of hiding and deceiving and covering up um, so much so that it's even a moving target when the hearing dates will be for these. So uh, originally there were supposed to be two bills. Uh, I believe it was 1479 and um, uh, 1464 that were supposed to be voted on. Or excuse me, there's a hearing on the 30th of March, which is tomorrow. And a couple of days ago, they removed 1464, but added 1993. So it's almost like this game of, of you confuse know, the public. They can't keep up. They're going to get sick of it. And they'll just throw up their hands and walk away. And it's totally by design. Mm -hmm. uh, it's criminal. It's criminal what's happening. 
So when you tell people that they can't criticize the government, what do they say? When I say that to people, they're horrified. Absolutely horrified. Almost, almost in disbelief, like they don't believe me until they read. Well, it, it is. I mean, it is pretty shocking. When I found out about it, I was pretty shocked. I mean, and I've been covering politics for 40 years. I mean, but I, I thought to myself, who, who would come up? Who is in the room and would say, oh, that's a great idea? Right. Well, and you also have to question not only who comes up with it, but my bigger question is, what is the motive? What is the motive? One has to wonder what is the motive of the, the, the government in the state of California force vaccinating, mass force vaccinating children? We know that children are, they present zero statistical risk from this virus. We know that they're not vectors of transmission, right? There's not been a single healthy child that has passed away of COVID um, since, since we've been tracking the data. We know that any child that has died has had multiple significant comorbidities. We just saw that the CDC had to lower their numbers by 24%. And I guarantee at some later date, they'll continue to lower those numbers because they have not been reporting or tracking this properly. So one has to question, why are we creating legislation, excuse me, legislative action that would force a parent to vaccinate their children in order to get an education in the state of California. I mean, if you look at the list of these bills, one of the things that we talk about as an executive team is that if any one of these bills passes, you will not be able to live, work, or learn in the state of California in any free manner. You will not be able to move about freely. You will not be able to uh, make decisions under parental rights uh, for the, the health and well-being of your children. You will not be able to make those decisions for yourself. And again, if you go back and you really just put this in perspective, we're talking about a virus that um, if even if you're over the age of 65, you still have over a 97%. And actually, I believe now, I haven't looked at the data recently, you're at probably a 98, if not 99% chance of survival. If you're under the age of 18 and you have no significant multiple comorbidities, you have a 100% chance of survival. Right, right. And if you get vaccinated, you can still acquire and transmit the virus. So mm -hmm. one has to question motives. Well, not only that, but, but they they had always said, and, and I was talking to people in Fauci's circle mm -hmm. in 2021 as they were rolling it out, and they and they talked about that they didn't do a really good job of communicating that that if you got vaccinated, you could not transmit. Mm -hmm. That was in. 2021 right they there's an admission oh we absolutely. didn't do such a good job because mm -hmm. we have to take another look at it gates has said it fauci has said it we have mm -hmm. to take another look at these vaccinations because it doesn't prevent transmissibility right so so what is the point right, what right. Is what's the point? what's the point of what's the point of saying as they have said in the last couple of days you have to get a second booster. I mean, what the hell, what the hell, why is everybody going along with this is what I want to know. Well, if it I doesn't work, it's like buying, it's like buying a flat tire. Well, I think, right. I, I think you that know, who, who would, who would, who would buy a flat tire? Well, I saw a joke recently on uh, Instagram. It said this joke about, you know, if you got your dog vaccinated for, for uh, rabies three times in one year, and then your dog still got rabies, someone would have some questions to answer. Mm -hmm. It's similar concept. Okay. And, you know, one, again, one just has to question what are the motives 
behind all of this. And you said, why are people going along with it? Well, I think that there's been a lot of fear mongering. And I think uh, Dr. I think it's Dr. Robert Malone and, and several others talk about this, this fear porn. And it's, it's continuing to put um, the, the citizens of this country in a continual state of panic and fear in order to get them to run in the direction that the government wants them to, which in this case is um, down the path of vaccines. Yeah, but Malone, Malone got the shots. He did. He did. And, you know, I've had several conversations with him about that. Um, I, he, he, in, in addition to that, he also, it's a well-documented and, and well-talked about fact that he became um, vaccine injured. He became ill from, from getting this vaccine. And I know he will no longer um, be getting boosters. The other thing that was really interesting to me that just recently came out, there's a, there's a public, um, an article on a study that's been published um, from the UK government. And, you know, the UK has released um, and eased up on every one of their COVID restrictions, right? Mm -hmm. They're now finding that nine out of 10 people that are dying of COVID are fully vaccinated. So, and, and this, by the way, is not, in my, to me, new news. We've, we've heard about this. We've seen this. I think we're now actually starting to get a uh, tremendous amount of data and evidence around that. Um, I, my, my husband was at a course and he met a woman that quit the coroner's office and she was not a coroner, but she quit the coroner's office because um, there were so many deaths being attributed to COVID-19. I'll give you an example. One of uh, the cases that she stated was that uh, there was someone who passed away in an automobile accident. So one person's driving down the road and gets T-boned by another driver. The person that, that gets T-boned ends up dying, or excuse me, ends up dying. But the person that did the T-boning, right, that, that crashed mm -hmm. into the other car, had COVID. So they classified the person who died as a COVID death. And I think that's happening. Um, you know, they're they're playing with the numbers, but then you know when you bring the fear factor and people people are not if they are speaking up, then right. then they're slammed. I I know I spoke to um, a number of doctors because I've we've been interviewing backs injured now for over a year, um, and we put them on camera. I guess it was at the end of July, right? Or August last year, right? But um. I even heard about doctors that wanted to report to VAERS who worked yes. in hospitals mm -hmm. and then they they would get a call. I heard from one doctor, he got a call from the CDC asking him, why did he report that? As okay. if, what are you doing? Then there were other people in other hospitals that were told if they were going to report them as a, uh, to the VAX injuries, to theirs that they needed to send that report up to the hospital administration first. That's correct. Before they reported it to theirs. So there's a lot of control about the information. There's a lot of screwing around with the numbers for the reports at theirs. You know, everybody uh, who doesn't like, I mean, people don't like theirs because of the underreporting, the system's there. But people right. like Fauci will criticize the system, except for the fact that they won't correct the system. They just criticize the system that they have, in fact, endorsed now right. since it's been created. So, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, I think that the entire curtain has been ripped. 
on the health industry, the insurance industry, and the medical industry corruption. That's correct. And I apologize for looking away. I was looking at these bills because you, you brought something up that that um, was was a really poignant, um, I think, message with regard to doctors and what's happening because mm -hmm. the medical community has absolutely been hunted. It, right. no, we, we have decimated the way that medicine is practiced in this country. No longer do you see medical practitioners that are able to go out and engage in the true spirit and practice of medicine. Their hands are tied and doctors are being hunted. Any doctor that, and you can look at this historically, what's happened in the last two years, any doctor that has engaged in truly asking questions right. and trying to engage in the practice of medicine and help their patients with viable known um, early intervention protocols uh, that, you know, you see these, these doctors talking about that have, um, whether it's around ivermectin or, or hydrochloroquine or fluvoxamine or any one of these protocols that, by the way, have been used and been used tremendously successfully. Uh, and we've seen this, not, and that's just not like a Laura Sextra opinion. You've actually seen that um, mm -hmm. in, in peer reviewed studies, you know, look at these cases coming out of countries. And I think there was a case, a study done in Brazil, and there was a study done in India. Um, and, and we've even seen it widely, you know, I shouldn't say widely, we've seen those protocols being used here in the United States and done so successfully right up to the point that the government decided um, that they were going to declare war on any doctor that does that. Their, their licenses are under review. Mm -hmm. And when a doctor has their license under review and then subsequently loses their license, that is not like they just get fired from a job, right? They will no, never it actually affects every, everybody that they've written an exemption for retroactively if that That's doctor right. loses their license. Right. And what I was looking at was I was as I was looking at from scanning these bills and, and a lot of people don't know that there is a bill right now in California that will will give an even better mechanism for the state of California to quiet these doctors. There's a bill now that states any doctor that that goes against the um, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, I'm not using the exact language of the bill, but that essentially goes against the narrative and um, it says anything against the standard government protocol of, you know, treatment for, for COVID-19, enforcing vaccines, going along with the talk tracks around vaccines, going along with the use of remdesivir and the um, ventilators. And we know, of course, that the really bad outcomes for patients that were put on that. Right. Um, those doctors will now, there's a law that will be on the book, should this bill pass, that will make it easier for the state of California to come in and uh, put their license in a review and strip them of their ability to practice medicine. Where, where does this come from that people think that this, I mean, if I were a doctor and if I were practicing in California, I would move out of the state. Uh, you know, all because of us that's not medicine. All of us are faced with that. And that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. Every, every person in the, in, in the state of California um, that has even a general awareness. And it does not matter what your politics are. You can be a Democrat, you can be a Republican, you can be an independent, you can be a libertarian or anything in between. It does not matter what your politics are. Any person in California that is actually following this and understands the severity of what these bills could potentially unleash on the state of California, we all think that at some point. Should mm -hmm. we stay in the state of California? And I can tell you that um, my personal belief is that you can only run so far and for so long. Ultimately, if we do not take a stand right now, um, 
I think that this could end up impacting the rest of the country. It could very easily spread to other states. And if you think about that for a second, I mean, well, if we it, are living- it, is, it is though in some ways, Laura, I mean, I don't, I, I live on the East coast and I don't have, I don't have 10, 10 uh, mm-hmm. bills before my state legislature, mm-hmm. but there are things that are happening. Um, it, it's not as, as overt. Let me put it that mm-hmm. way. It's, it's more things that are happening and they're doing surveys now through the department of education of kids in school. Mm-hmm. but they're not supposed to tell their parents. No, no parent can know what's on the surveys mm-hmm. and the kids can't tell the parents and the parents can't see it. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, and it's all about feelings. Sure. Sure. Uh, my, my, they tried to do that here at my daughter's school. And of course I certainly didn't stand for it, but if you right. think what's happening is it, it's this normalization mm-hmm. of Stripping away. You know what we call this in criminal in criminal places like human trafficking? We call it grooming. Mm-hmm. You oh, groom absolutely. them to make it normal so that when you're mm-hmm. really pounding it on and it's a crime right. or it's an attack, you don't you, you're so you're so normalized to it. Right. So so let's play this out then. Should these bills pass and in the state of California, fast forward, it's now been two or three years. We're all living under right. a biomedical state of uh, you know, biomedical identification. We've all got our, our cards stating whether or not we've been good citizens. Have we gotten the 700, you know, at that time boosters and other vaccines that they're going to add to the list. Um, and, and that will, that will grant us the ability to engage in just mainstream society, get a job, go out to eat, buy groceries. Um, and if we've been good citizens, or not, then, or not, or not, or if not, you don't. right. So, so fast forward, should this pass all of a sudden, then this behavior and this, this ideology just becomes norm and accepted. They're doing it in the state of California. We've been doing it for years. So now Nevada, Arizona, Ohio, they start implementing laws and they cite, well, it's been being done for years in California and done. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and believe, believe me, they will paint it as though it has been done so very successfully when we know, obviously um, first and foremost, this is, it, 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 there's no way to even talk about this or frame this in any normal logical way. It's absolutely asinine, um, that any of these bills should even be authored, let alone passed. Um, and we all know that the, the condition that the state of California is in, um, mm-hmm. under, under the current administration. So, um, you know, AB 1993 is one that will be voted on, uh, tomorrow. And a lot of people don't know that. Which, which one is that? 1993 is one that basically means you will no longer be able to engage in any form of commerce um, in any way in the state of California without proving your vaccine status. And what I mean by that is you will not be able to get a job, whether you are an Uber driver, whether you um, are a W-2 employee, whether you own your own company. So think about that. If you own your own company and you form a corporation, let's say that you're just a, you formed a corporation and you, um, you, you manufacture a specific product, right? You're not a big company. You don't have a big um, group. You may just be maybe yourself and that's it. You're technically an employee of your company, right? If you formed a corporation, Mm -hmm. guess what? The state of California by law, if this bill passes is going to need to see your vaccine status. And if they don't, you will be subject to fines and penalties under AB 1993. Should this pass? Is that going to pass? Um, I don't believe that I, I have, I have high hopes that it will not. 
Uh, and the reason I think it's going to be close, I think it will be potentially close. But the reason I have high hopes that it will not is because that would literally mean um, the dismantling of commerce in the state of California. Right. I mean, you would you would be putting what companies. Would, what, would it, what, what would it be if 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 I if I were flying to Australia and I was going to change planes in L.A.? Could I could could I fly through uh, LAX? Well, um, airports are considered federal property, so they're subject to different rules. It's why um, <laughs> it's why when I flew to Florida most recently, um, when I the minute I leave the airport and this and I said this is probably in January time frame. I didn't have to wear a mask, but the minute that I went to the airport, it's federal property. So therefore I'm subjected to uh, federal regulations. So if there's, there's no federal, uh, so, so airports are a little different in that okay. sense. Um, but, but let's say that you, in the state of California, they can, they take it even further and say, we're going to do a statewide vaccine passport, which is one of the bills that's on, on the table. And you're a visitor from another, from another place. You will not be able to engage in any activity in the state of California right now. Wow. Wow. What we saw. This, you know, is, this is, you know, this is, this is so big for people that people need to get their heads wrapped around it. It just, if it's not happening in their state, they need to know that they tried to do this in California. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, and it, dystopian. It feels very much like, Nazi Germany, circa 1940, rounding people up. 1930s, 1930s, yeah. And, it, you know, the, the people, you know, the gas chambers and everything didn't, they weren't around in the 1930s, but that's, but that was the ultimate, you know, culmination of it. But, sure. it, but it, start, it starts happening in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. And there's this, um, they've done a, a very successful job recently of creating a wedge in society and, um, this feeling of needing to go out and police one another, right? And they've used this state of emergency as the mechanism to do that. You know, I always talk about talk to people and I say the biggest issue is, the bigger issue is not even these bills. The bigger issue is the fact that we continue to extend the state of emergency in, in, in California. Um, the governor just did that. And it's there's no need for it. It's it's the biggest fraud that's been perpetrated on the the you know, citizens of California and the American public is that we continue to extend the state of emergency. And what I find to be incredibly um, rich with irony is that the the governor extends the state of emergency at the same time takes away the mask requirements. Well, so they, you know, they ex Biden extended it on the federal level just recently, and mm -hmm. uh, and yet. You know, there, there's a loosening up. Well, if they're not, if they keep it in play, then there's another game in play that we just haven't, we haven't, we, we haven't figured out what it is on the chessboard. Sure. Well, and it's their mechanism to continue stripping away our rights and, and, and doing it under the guise of state of emergency. I was most recently at, um, speaking at an event and we had a Q&A session and, what, and there was a gentleman in the audience that asked the question, well, I don't understand, you know, isn't it a violation of, of Cal OSHA? forcing me to get vaccinated. Isn't that unconstitutional? Can't we go after them for that? And my answer was, of course it is under normal circumstances. However, we're in a state of emergency, which allows the government to do something and things that, that they would never under normal circumstances be able to do because it would not pass uh, judicial review or legislative actions. Mm -hmm. So... 
So, so let's go back to um, the reason why you're, ha you're th th these are the reasons why you're having this defeat the mandates march on April 10th yeah. uh, in LA. Yeah, we're so excited to be one of the sponsors of the defeat the mandates the second go around, you know, they had one um, in uh, January in DC, and we were so excited to be a part of that. But uh, we'll be hopefully a, a, a bigger part of this one as well. It's in our backyard. And I, I can't think of a better place than in Los Angeles. Los Angeles happens to be a, a, a city within, it seems like it's it's an even more crazy uh, reaction, even within a crazy reaction of, of California. So we're very excited to go out and support it. And you know what I think is great about Defeat the Mandates rally is that it's A, it's educating the, the citizens so they're going to have a number of speakers that are going to be out there talking about what's going on in this country and what's happened over the last two years and, and the data and the science behind the pandemic and particularly these vaccines. But it's also a really good way for people to express their opposition. I come across people every single day and they say, what can we do? They're frustrated. They want to get involved, but they don't know how to get involved. And so there's a couple of ways to do that. First of all, I think go out and support Defeat the Mandate. Show up in, in by the millions. Send a message to this government that they are not, the citizens of this state are not going to sit idly by while the government uh, strips us of our rights, of our constitutional rights. So I think that's a really exciting way to do it. Um, and it's an easy way to get involved too. Mm -hmm. And then Unity Project, we have a campaign right now. If you go to unityproject.com to our Take Action tab, we are we have a campaign to educate people and encourage people to stand up against the these bills that are happening the people can register to become a volunteer we'll we'll um, drop ship for them flyers at no cost to the volunteer uh there's all kinds of information you can look up and see who the authors of the bills are you can look up by your zip code who your elected officials are we can we, we train people on how to get involved so there's a couple of ways uh, for people to get involved but but Defeat the mandates. I think we're hoping that that there are going to it's going to be a huge showing. Uh, the people's convoy, as I understand it, is is as in route. left the east coast. It's it, it's it's heading west to join up with you guys. That's right, heading west. And I can't think of a more uh, perfect pairing. Right, you've got these truckers that have put their lives on hold, much like the Canadian truckers, to tell the government that the government works for us. And they're going to meet up with the defeat the mandates and express opposition to what's happening in this country. Well, listen, I, I wish you guys the best of luck for April 10th. Uh, I hope that that bill is defeated as well as the other bills are defeated in California. I think that people need to really, um, really wake up because this isn't over. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And, and I highly encourage everyone who's listening to show up in droves, bring your family, bring your friends, bring as many people as you can to defeat the mandates. It's a very important and powerful event. Um, and it's a very visible and tangible way to stand up and say to the government, we're not going to take this. And um, I highly encourage people to research these bills, know what's happening, um, and do not let the government get away with this. Are you guys going to be live streaming? They will be live streaming. Absolutely. I personally will not be in um, there. Unfortunately, I will be at America's Grand Jury, which is another exciting event that's going to be launched um, April 11th to the 15th. 
Um, we're, there, there's going to be an event that's going to be live stream. America's Grand Jury is we are taking real laws and real evidence and real expert witnesses. Some, some, uh, excuse me, some of the expert witnesses will be the likes of Robert Malone, uh, Pierre Corey, Aaron Cariotti, Peter McCullough, um, Dr. Chris Martinson, and so on. And we are going to lay out evidence uh, in front of the American people about the crimes that have been committed over the last two years. It's going to be live stream. People, it'll be interactive. People will be able to text in their thoughts. And we've assembled a, a grand jury. It's not a real grand jury, but mm -hmm. the laws and the evidence are real. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a a real courtroom live streamed event. Well, we may, we need to talk to you about taking both of them, the, the live stream for um, defeat the mandates and also the grand jury. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, there, but, but to answer your question about defeat the mandates, it will be live streamed. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so stay tuned because I think if people aren't able to make it, they're certainly going to want to see it because there's going to be a lot of activity around it. Great. Laura, thank you very much. Good luck with both projects and keep in touch and, and let us know what happens with that California bill tomorrow. Will do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.